0: up everybody it has been a minute since i and we have taken the air apologies to you about that uh your boy here was out of town for a couple of days what a well-timed trip (laughs) i had to figure that all the dominoes would fall uh go away for a couple days and there you go but hey maybe it was a good luck charm uh so our apologies for not Getting at you with some of the breaking stuff. Obviously, CincyJungle.com had you covered. We talked about a lot of things at the onset of free agency last week. John and I did, both on the Happening Headline show and, of course, at the Wednesday show. And we're going to do the same this week. I'm going to go through. We're going to largely focus on the Bengals news because there's a lot of it. I'm going to go through that, give a little bit of opinion. We'll take a deeper dive tomorrow night on the show uh, we're going to take a spin around the division and a couple of NFL headlines as well. So we'll get to all of that here in just a second. But I am Anthony Kazenza. This is the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast that you are listening to, whether it's joining us live, whether it's after the fact, with the Cincy Jungle podcast channel on all of your favorite audio streamers, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones. We are there. And, of course, we appreciate your support. We appreciate allowing us to do this for you, this show to you. Uh, it is a pleasure, and we want to continue to do that through this off season. It has been, man, these Bengals, they just keep, keep giving us all kinds of good stuff, good vibes. Last year, last season, then you've got the free agent frenzy. You never really thought you'd say that with the Bengals, you know, but... The last couple of off seasons have been very, very good for the Cincinnati Bengals in terms of outside free agency acquisitions. They have retained some of their important players, some of their role players, and we'll get to all of that. By now, you know, some of the, some of the early stuff, Jesse Bates franchise tag, you you know, Jalen Davis and, and uh, you know, Trent Taylor and and others that were uh, retained and whatnot. And then of course, You've had some other dominoes fall, some other news fall, and really last week was more of a buildup that was, hey, Leo Collins is in town. He finally got released. He's in town. He's visiting Cincinnati. Did he leave? Did he not leave? The Bengals have been flirting with a defensive back and bringing him potentially in, and they brought in another defensive back that was kind of a big piece of their defense. We'll get to all of that right now. So without further ado, let's get to it. These are some of the early ones that we knew from the the get-go. So we'll just quickly go through these right here. This is on CincyJungle.com. The Bengals did announce five roster moves, including Alex Kappa to the offensive line. So here they are. Brandon Allen, reserve quarterback. He is re-signed. Alex Kappa signed a four-year contract with the Bengals. We knew about that. Hayden Hurst added last week as one of the flurry of moves. I think a quietly solid addition to the Cincinnati Bengals as a tight end, a one-year contract. Uh, he is a fifth-year guy, played with the Ravens, so he's familiar with the AFC North. Um, you know, he was he was with them for a couple of years and then was with the Falcons, uh, has 12 career touchdowns. A guy who has also, uh, on the personal side of things, taken a, a brave step forward, talking about some of his personal uh, emotional and mental health uh, issues that he has overcome and whatnot. So really, really cool stuff on that side as well, but a good, uh, a good signing uh, out there. I saw something that Travis Kelsey put out on social media saying, wow, what a great fit for you Hayden in terms of staying with the Cincinnati Bengals. And then of course we've got the Mike, the Mike Thomas crew. Uh, Mike Thomas is the the wide receiver that's coming back they also have the safety mike thomas and so uh that is mike thomas just a guy that zach taylor really likes to have around obviously and then of course unfortunately with some bad news and there's a a little bit more expected bad news on this front we'll have more here but this is on cincyjungle.com uh from a few days ago the Bengals did release trey hopkins here you go here's the the link in the live chat and i will get my ugly mug out of the way and let you full screen view this. If you're watching the video of it, they released center Trey Hawkins to save some salary cap space, obviously as moves with Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, and of course, Lael Collins. We'll get to that in just a second too. So a salary cap casualty making room for the Bengals. It's going to be interesting to see exactly what the Bengals do next. Uh, You would think cornerback may be on the docket and we'll talk about that. Um, the other is I, I saw I forget who it was who said this in here. Let me give them uh, Devin Bartholomew in the live YouTube chat. Who Dave, can we extend Jesse Bates now? Maybe that's part of the the deal. Unfortunately, I think that impasse is something that may be very tough for both sides to get over in terms of what is perceived to be a guaranteed money issue. So. Is what it is, but maybe they'll keep working on it. They've got till, uh, you know, they've got a couple months to work on that here. And then we'll obviously see what happens in the draft. But the Bengals now have set themselves up. There is no doubt about it. They have set themselves up to go best player available in the draft. They are not pigeonholed to an offensive lineman, either tackle or interior offensive lineman at number 31 overall. Right now, you would think a corner. Um, if a safety somehow makes sense there, I mean, you know, if you need an heir apparent, I don't, I don't know if the value would be there, but we'll see, um, you know, there you would think corner or probably interior defensive line at this point would be the, 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 the most probable routes early in the draft right now. So we'll, we'll see exactly what comes of that there, but let's keep rolling here. As we now know, the Bengals beat out the Patriots and the Panthers to sign Lael Collins to what our Drew Garrison is calling a steal of a deal. Uh, it, is, it is quite, uh, I mean, it, it's it's pricey, but it's also friendly in, in, a, in a way. So here you go right here, the details from Jeremy Fowler of ESPN talking about how the Patriots made a competitive offer for Lael Collins and the Panthers were in the thick of it too headed to Cincinnati Um, and the uh, Mike Florio of pro football talk says it's essentially a $20 million deal over two years. There is what has been expanded upon with that is there is a third year. It's avoidable year to kind of spread out the cap hit. So essentially, you know, when you're talking about the Bengals trading for lay Collins, you know, the, the $10 million a year owed type of thing, um, you know, you're kind of getting a you know, a, a, a semblance of that contract in a way, but not really. And the Bengals got their guy. They got him on terms that were friendlier to them. And hey, they did not have to give up draft capital, which they covet. So I think in that sense, that's the steal of the deal in that they played this right. We were worried that this market was going to be so huge for Leo Collins. It started drying up. Then you heard about the Patriots maybe being in it for draft picks. Who knows what the Cowboys exactly were asking for in terms of picks, but the Bengals end up getting their guy and are comfortable with the money to get a near elite right tackle on the offensive line. So conceivably now you've, you know, you've got Ted Karras at center, Alex Kappa at right guard. You've got Lael Collins at right tackle. You've got a competition now at left guard, Quentin Spain, uh, who knows if he'll be in that mix or not. And then, of course, you've got Jonah Williams. So far, far less question marks at and on the offensive line this year. I mean, there are some questions in ways with with Collins in terms of you know the all kinds of different deals going on in the in the periphery. But I mean, if you look at it here, 82.0, Pro Football Focus grade. Uh, just he, he's not going to turn thirty until twenty twenty three. So. Just a, a good player. And this is a guy that, if you remember a long time ago, when he was coming out in the draft, this was a guy that the Bengals may have been connected to. And then there was th- this whole just odd, tragic scenario, which called, caused him to fall in into the undrafted territory um, for a guy that was very talented. So the Bengals get this guy, and he will anchor the right side of their line. And their offensive line, you wanted it re- Retooled, overhauled, whatever. Three new starters right there, going from center to right tackle. Um, so the there there's the question here, and I see our buddy Derek Farrote, uh or Faro. Sorry if I mispronounced that in the live YouTube chat. Talking about Carmen potentially taking a large step forward. Well, we have an article about that. Eric, and we will share that with you right now. The there's, by the way, the three happiest people on the Bengals roster right now, in no particular order: Frank Pollock, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon. Think about the offensive lines that Joe Mixon has run behind in his NFL career, and look at the one he is running behind this year by comparison. Big difference. Big difference. And oh, by the way, Joe Mixon is coming off a career best season last year, statistically speaking. So those three guys got to be just jazzed, uh, for a lack of better words. Here is the article I was referencing here, though, in terms of Frank Pollock, offensive line coach, gives an encouraging update on Jackson Carmen's progress. He's invested in himself on his approach this offseason. Again, what we forget, what we forget is this kid was 21 last year. This kid had back surgery and was playing a position in which he did not play in college. So if you if you see here what we're what we're talking about with the Frank Pollock news He, quote, he's invested in himself, again, right here. Uh, disappeared on me briefly there. Uh, there we go. He's and This is via bangles. bangles.com's Jeff Hobson. So you can obviously go get the source there. But, quote, he invested in himself on his approach this offseason. I was proud of some of the choices he's making to better himself as a professional in that area. quote. I think there are still a lot of things in motion. It's kind of hard to say. You have to be flexible. Jackson is definitely a guy competing for that spot. No question about it. Um, and you also had Jeff Hobson corroborating in some of his stories, the fact that there's going to be kind of an open competition with quote, the young guys, Deontay Smith and Jackson, Carmen, maybe Trey Hill, etc. cetera. Uh, so maybe that's the route they go and the route they stay. I would be, if a guard wasn't taken on, I'm not saying, you know, round one, maybe if that's just the way the board falls, maybe that's where it is. But I would be very surprised if another guard was not taken. They want Jackson Carmen to work. He was a second round pick last year. He was a guy they identified as a guy that they liked, but could also move back and, 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 you know, collect picks, etc. So this is a, this is a guy that'll, that will do what he can to get in that mix at left guard. Now that's going to be difficult for him because uh, I mean, he played, he, they, they tried him there a little bit last year, but I mean, it was a lot of right guard. Um, he was a left tackle in college, maybe moving to the left side, being a left tackle in college is going to help him. We will see, but um, you know, Frank Pollock is encouraged by what he has seen this off season from Jackson Carmen to maybe be that guy along the offensive line with the new additions. So uh that that is and then here we got seagriff with a nice generous super chat on youtube appreciated who do you think the left guard would be deontay smith could be a dark horse well yeah it's it's interesting that pollock was praising jackson carmen here i have i really liked deontay smith in terms of just measurables and raw athleticism coming out of last year's draft, he was the guy that kind of had the longer arms as opposed to some of the other tackles in the class and whatnot. Uh, just didn't play the year prior for a lot of different reasons, got really low in weight uh, in college, his final year. And so that's what caused him to to slip a guy that probably would have been a little bit of a higher pick, especially with some, some extended tape and some extended good tape. So that's a guy that you gotta, you gotta feel will be in the mix and, I mean, at some point, you know, one of these guys have to materialize. They've they've had a lot of different guard rotations, veterans, and draft pick projects and whatnot. And one of these guys has to pan out. Um, you know, I think the team would probably, given the the investment, would probably prefer Jackson Carmen. They may give him a little bit of a preference this season, but I do think Deontay Smith was a guy they were very, very pleased with last year before some of the injuries and all that kind of stuff. So We'll see what happens there. That's a guy the Bengals get back full-time, at least as of now, Deontay Smith. They get some of these, quote-unquote, extra Joseph Osai. Gosh, I don't know why I, that was slipping my mind. I'm I'm tired, guys. I'm tired. I don't know. Uh, but at, at any rate, they get kind of these, quote-unquote, extra picks now. And so this is a guy, when you would say, who's going to be left guard? I would say... Uh, see Griff's question here. You know, I think Deontay Smith will get a shot in there if the Bengals hold Pat and don't make another addition in terms of a veteran free agent or what have you. I think they're going to try and let those two duke it out and, and maybe Trey Hill as well. They liked him last year, but uh, we'll see what happens. At, at any rate, still on vacation brain, apparently. Uh Here we go. This... We kind of had fun with this one and thought this was going to be the case. This is like officially the case that Joe Burrow was a heavy, heavy recruiter, heavy recruiter in free agency for the Bengals, uh, including the including the offensive line additions here. Joe Burrow helped seal the deal with Lael Collins. This is the article there. And you see the, the Albert Breer tweet. To punctuate the Bengals' recruiting pitch, Joe Burrow had Lael Collins over to his house on Friday night along with Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, and Hayden Hurst and their wives girlfriends I'm told. So Burrow's a pretty good closer on multiple fronts for Cincinnati. My goodness. Is there anything Joe Burrow cannot do? He is a fantastic quarterback. He is a fantastic leader. Stand-up guy. And now, recruiter. So, Great, great piece of information there. And look at that as well, those guys. And then, of course, you had kind of a fun quote from Collins talking about, hey, you know, your bodyguard's here now, et cetera, et cetera. So there's there's Joe Burrow doing his thing. And I think, like I said, he, along with Frank Pollock, and along with Joe Mixon have to be three of the happiest Bengals right now given what has transpired in this offseason now I want to I I didn't have the articles up here there's also been a little bit of back and forth with Fred Johnson backup uh, tackle so he's a guy you know that that they're keeping tabs on as well and of course you know what I mean by back and forth is he signed him to a tender and then they released him. And then there's a report that they signed him to another contract, you know, so it's, it's kind of a back and forth thing, but Fred Johnson uh, is, is another name in the mix there. But here is a guy that we felt after what he did last year was going to be in the Bengals plans and in some capacity on the other side of the ball. Eli Apple. Signs a one-year deal with the Bengals. Very similar to last year. Gets rewarded for a decently high level of play, especially considering the expectations, and pushed into a role in which he was not going to be placed in. At least not originally. That was going to be Trey Waynes' position, and Eli Apple was probably going to be corner four. And that was how that was going to work. And Eli Apple had was was pressed into starting, had some struggles early in the season, started picking things up, middle of the year, and made a couple big plays in the postseason, did struggle a little bit in the Super Bowl as well. But a guy that they value and a guy that is very familiar with Lou Arumo, he is officially signed to a one-year deal. So a lot of the Bengals, Super Bowl, Super Bowl defense, Super Bowl team. Coming into fruition along with some other new faces. Now, again, we talked about the we talked about the, the Trey Hopkins kind of predictable release. Unfortunately, the same uh, has happened with Trey Wayne's. Trey Wayne's release to make some cap room for the Cincinnati Bengals and potentially allow them to make Another move or two, this this was uh, as of yesterday afternoon, Bengals cut Trey Wayne's. The Bengals will eat $5 million in dead money, but save $10.8 million this year, giving them more money to spend at other positions. So again, two very predictable releases in terms of Trey Hopkins and Trey Wayne's giving the Bengals cap flexibility get with their free agent acquisitions, the Eli Apple a- acquisition, etc. Now, when I talked about I didn't have a, an article queued up on Fred Johnson, uh, I, I also want to mention the article not – I didn't have one queued up on Larry Joby because that's another fluid situation as well. Larry Joby signed a big deal with the Bears, failed his physical because of his broken foot that he suffered against the Raiders in the wild card round. Uh, So that deal was, was null and void. And now he's floating out there and there are reports from Jeff, Jeff Hobson and others that that may be an option that they explore. Why? Well, they were exploring him. They also had talks with Jaron Reed, the chief's interior defensive lineman Reed went elsewhere after visiting uh, and talking with the Bengals. Now you maybe have Larry Ogunjobi back in the plans And you may be able to get him on a much friendlier deal, unfortunately, because of his injury situation. And I say, unfortunately for him, not unfortunate for the team, but uh, that could be a guy they look to bring back. They already signed BJ Hill. So this, this has been a, a very productive free agency period. And if they do sign Larry Ogunjobi, um, We will see if, and as of this airing right now, I don't don't believe he has been signed there. So the Bengals may play the waiting game there and see if they can uh, work something out and figure out uh, how he may fit into the plans here. So uh, here you go. Dre, Dre Dutro and others are, you know, we talked about Trey Waynes. We talked about Eli Apple. Let's keep the cornerback talk going. The Bengals, this has been another fluid one. Are they are they in the mix? Are they not? There are some somewhat reputable insiders to insider Twitter accounts that are saying the Bengals, have had talks with Gilmore andor offered a contract to him. So uh, right right now, this has been something for, for the past couple of days. He's been out there. He's obviously on, on the older side. Uh, the Raiders, uh, you can see here Evan Massey, the Raiders are still considered the favorites to sign him. Um, and so, uh, again, Gilmore's up there 11th year. That is not something that is ideal for the Bengals, but again, with kind of going all in on the offensive line, um, maybe they, they feel that this would be something that is, uh, that's up there in their wheelhouse. I find it unlikely, uh, you know, I've seen some others that are kind of saying the same. I find it unlikely that he would come here, but, um, this again, the the appeal of playing with this team that's just coming off a Super Bowl berth may be something that Gilmore would want. Uh, you know the guaranteed money and all that kind of stuff. Again, that's always a topic of conversation. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, Tim Kortz here saying uh, GM Mike Hilton out there trying to make a deal. Yeah, he's he's out there. Uh, he's he's talking it up and uh, <laughs> trying to get everybody he can. To the bangles and no, no doubt about it. So Raiders in the mix there, the bangles have been reportedly in the mix. I, I think they're not going to do cartwheels to make the, you know, some crazy deal with Gilmore, but if it makes sense for him, maybe, maybe that's something that works out. But as of now, I don't, I don't see that is really happening at this point, but I may eat crow and we'll see what, we'll see what happens here. Uh, let's, and that's also why the Bengals may be in the market at corner at number 31. There. There's some good corners in this draft, uh, Elam sauce, etc. And we'll see what happens. And of course, now you have some hype. We'll talk about this in a little bit. You have some hype with Malik Willis from his pro day. Kenny Pickett just had his. And so, you know, all of a sudden these quarterbacks that maybe were thought to have fallen a little bit uh, further, at least further than what we've seen in the past couple of drafts, some teams, especially desperate ones and ones that have been moving veteran quarterbacks, et cetera, may be inclined to move up and obviously push a talented player down to the Bengals at the end of the round. I don't, I don't see the Bengals moving up in the first round. That's not traditionally what they do. So I, I just don't see that. And I think at this point too, how free agency has played out for them, uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna let to, they're gonna elect to see what falls to them at that pick. And go from there. So, one of our favorite, favorite guys, Stanley Morgan. Um, You know, the the Bengals brought back Mike Thomas. Stanley Morgan Jr. is also back. This was as of late yesterday. My colleague, John Sheeran, typing up the report here. Bengals are re-signing Stanley Morgan to a two-year deal. Now, this was interesting because I think a lot of people got concerned. There was, um, you know... I think there was an RFA situation here. Yeah. Uh, Restricted free agent. And so the Bengals elected not to go that route. And they said, you know, we're going to sign him to a, a true two year deal and, and make that happen. a guy reward him for all of the dirty work that he has done with the Bengals on special teams and on offense, you know, blocking, it's all the unsung stuff that Stanley Morgan does. And that's a guy you want in this, uh, on this on this team. A guy who always seems to be down there for downed punts deep inside of territory when that opportunity p- presents itself. Just a valuable guy that doesn't get a lot of recognition there. So I think a lot of fans who really watch this team intently should be glad that Stanley Morgan is coming back to the Bengals this time on a two-year deal. Good stuff there. And I will pin that article right here. In the live chats for those who are tuning in live or watching the the feeds later on those will be there for you we're going to be here a couple more minutes going through some Bengals stuff some afc north stuff and a couple of things around the league especially i mean there's been a ton of stuff happening around the rest of the league but we're gonna try and keep it to a couple of Minimal articles here (laughs) for time's sake and keep it more recent. Uh, And then here you go. We already knew about the Wayne situation, but they make it official. Trenton Irwin, the man with the golden locks. Look at that. Look at that. Do I love it? Uh, A guy who, you know, was was a preseason favorite and, um, you know, a, a guy that rounds out their wide receiver roster. He is signed to a one year contract. And uh, he had three catches for 39 yards and three punt returns for 31 yards, uh, and then of course Trey Wayne's cut, as I mentioned earlier. So Trent Irwin, a guy who was really impressing people in the spring and summer, is back for the with the Bengals for the 22 season and rounds out the receiving roster. I would assume the Cincinnati Bengals will be investing in wide receiver, probably maybe late day two. Day, day three in the draft, uh, you know, someone who could probably get them a little bit of kick return juice. And I mean, they've got some other guys that they're probably going to see how, that, how it plays out on that front that they've already got on the roster. So I, I don't know. We'll see. But Irwin's in there, obviously, special teams, slot receiver and a guy that can potentially help them out and obviously bring depth to the wide receiver group. Now, moving a little bit, transitioning a little bit from Bengals news, this is still Bengals centric, Bengals news into AFC North and NFL news, Mel Kuyper Jr., one of, if not my favorite, I'm I'm a, I don't know, I'm a traditionalist, I'm a, I don't don't know, I just, I I like Mel Kuyper Jr., I like what he has done with the draft, how he has helped, uh, he's been kind of madden in what he has done with the NFL draft and made it the event that it is. Mel Kuiper Jr., he has his first-round mock draft. He has them going a little bit different with the Bengals here. So he has them going with the 325-pound tackle out of UConn here. And... There he is working out, by the way. And it's Travis Jones that he has for the Bengals. Not a name that we hear quite often yet with the Bengals, Travis Jones. And by the way, this is not the first time that, man, I can remember Malcolm Brown being a guy that uh, Kuiper mocked to the Bengals often. I can remember Andrew Billings being mocked to the Bengals in the first round by Kuyper. And lo and behold, that's a guy they got in the top of the fourth round. So I, I, this is not the first time that defensive tackle has been mocked in recent years by Mel Kiper in the first round to the Bengals here in his reasoning. Uh, the Bengals have significantly retooled their offensive line this offseason, adding four new starters in free agency that takes some of the pressure off of Joe Burrow in year three as he was battered in his first two seasons. The Super Bowl runners up can now afford to fill a different need with this pick, and I see Jones as a replacement for Larry Ogunjobi, who had a great 21 season, 325 pounds. Controls gaps with his strength. Impressive at the Senior Bowl in January, boosting his stop, stock in the top 50 picks. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see. A lot to play out there, but uh, a guy, I guess, to keep some tabs on. Um, you know, I, again, I think defensive interior, defensive line interior is, a, is definitely a spot that the Bengals will consider early in the draft that's probably not the top of the list guy that i would go with but again it it probably depends on the who who goes in front of them where the Bengals end up picking if they stay put at 31 and and all of that and obviously how they how they shape their board but they're gonna they're gonna invest in i i I think defensive interior even if they bring back Ogan joby with with the foot thing and all of that, I mean, they'll probably still invest in defensive interior line, uh, interior defensive line in the early rounds of the draft. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. And then I see the Cincinnati kid five, one three saying linebacker depth is always needed. Yeah. That's always a good thing to have. Um, Let's keep it rolling here. We'll be here a couple more minutes, some big news. And I got to share it. I don't, want to go into a lot of the ugly details of it as we get into the AFC North, the other teams. As we know by now, Deshaun Watson, and this is on CincyJungle.com as well, Deshaun Watson was traded to the Browns from the Houston Texans and a whopper of a contract, especially given all of the ancillary noise that has surrounded Deshaun Watson for a long time now. Fully guaranteed five-year, two hundred thirty million dollar contract, and now, aside from the blowback that comes with trading for a player like this, despite what had happened the week prior with the grand jury, et cetera, and I'm not going to dive deep into that whole uh, ugliness there, but the the situation that the Browns now have on their hands is is the Baker Mayfield, right? So they've got to figure out something there and they've just, you know, I, I remember hearing someone on local sports talk radio talking about the Browns and they were talking, I think it was Mary Kay Cabot who covers the Browns for uh, the Plain dealer in Cleveland. And she does a great job. Uh, I think it was the higher ups in Cleveland are just, they just have kind of been exhausted with Baker um, exhausted with kind of the shtick there. And I, I've, kind of find it ironic, but they're taking in with the trade here, but they feel that the talent is uh, outweighs the, the issues there. And so that's, that's the direction the Browns are going regardless of the other stuff with Watson. It does make for a very competitive for the most part division in terms of quarterback play. So you've got, you've got Watson, you've got, Joe Burrow, of course. You've got Lamar Jackson. You have Tyler Huntley, also on the Ravens, a guy who proved that he could play pretty well in that system. And the Pittsburgh Steelers made a splashy quarterback signing of their own, Mitch Trubisky. This is from behind the steel curtain. Our... uh. SB Nation Steelers site here and there's the article is actually top 10 reasons why the Mitch Trubisky acquisition works for the Steelers and we 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 kind of went a little heavy on Steelers new um, news to it uh Steelers toughness and they they talk about scrambling acumen uh Trubisky taking the bears dub bears to the playoffs two out of the four seasons he was there Tomlin and McDermott were college teammates at William and Mary, which is McDermott, of course, was the guy who brought Trubisky in last year. This does not mean, and I will share why, this does not mean that the Steelers will not go quarterback with their first round pick. And man, when you they're going running back first round last year, and then quarterback first round this year, which have always those two positions have always been long-term staples of productivity and excellence in terms of the Steelers, and now they've really had to overhaul. And it still is kind of a little bit of a small miracle as to how they made the playoffs last year, but is what it is. And so you can read that in terms of why Behind the Steel Curtain thinks that that acquisition makes sense even for the short term right now. So at, at any rate, that is at least the current Starting quarterback, it would seem I think there's going to be a competition with him and Mason Rudolph, but you would think that as of now, Trubisky has the the inside track on that. But as we know, the Steelers have been busy scoping out potential first round quarterbacks, one of which Malik Willis, who has been lighting up Twitter Since his uh, with with a couple of big throws, one at the combine, one at his pro day, it was pretty ridiculous. Um, Obviously, the pro day throw, there was, you know, some semblance of a a single person pressure, but uh, it showed him rolling out and really winging one. Uh, Obviously, the athleticism and whatnot is something that intrigues a lot of teams about Willis. And then the Steelers were also uh, talking about another athletic quarterback, Kenny Pickett, a guy who can scramble and do a, a lot of different things. Uh, the Steelers were at his pro day, which makes sense. Obviously, he went to Pitt, so there's not <laughs> not a big travel that ha- that goes with that. So, uh, yeah, the Steelers are going to the doing their due diligence at quarterback pro days for potential first round picks, despite signing Mitch Trubisky. One of the the things that the Steelers also wanted to work on, much like the Cincinnati Bengals, is their offensive line. They wanted to get their offensive line back in shape. They did get one very good signing. And James Daniels, a guy that I know a lot of my Bengals colleagues out there have high regard for, particularly Joe Goodberry uh, has always been a fan of him, a guy that, you know, center or guard, uh, you know, he's been a guy on the bears, you know, last year, you felt like, you know, how, how good was he truly, but at any rate, um, he's, he's only, he's only 24 as a four-year guy. So you're still thinking this is an ascending player if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, uh, you know, a guy that brings versatility and a, a guy that they think can help them out right away. So that is a signing that they needed, quite frankly, and that's a signing that, you know, kind of tries to keep pace a little bit with the Bengals and what they're doing. In Cincinnati on their offensive line, so a good signing by them. James Daniels to the Pittsburgh Steelers and a, a guy that you know again, like I mentioned, a young guy, and um, should be should be a guy that uh, will provide potentially a little bit of matchup problems here and there for the Bengals. We'll see what happens, but uh, it was it was a good signing, but. <laughs> uh i see trevor d's live chat um we'll just use the acronym fts and uh yeah we'll just we'll just leave it at that we'll leave it at that this it's been kind of a an up and down Uh, well i would say it's been it's been decent across the board in the afc north in terms of free agency periods but this is kind of a a yikes one for the Baltimore Ravens, and this is on Ravens.com from Clifton Brown. Zadarius Smith joining the Vikings after backing out of the Ravens deal. So he did not finalize. I, I, so the story I heard on this was Smith had a deal. They, they were working on a deal with Baltimore. Uh, they had sent back a counter offer to Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore kind of said, okay, let's do those, let's add those terms to it. Uh, I don't know the specifics on that, but there was, you know, kind of some language or whatnot. And then what did what apparently happened is they said, "Well, we'll sleep on it, and then we'll probably sign it tomorrow, and we'll get this thing done." And then all of a sudden, it it, it blew up. And so he returned to the free agent market, and then went to the Vikings, his a uh, NFC North rival after being with the Packers. So this was one that was uh, a little bit. A little bit crazy. Three-year, forty-two million dollar deal, though, is the report for Zedaria Smith, um, a a talented, you know, edge rusher, outside linebacker. And you can see here last week it was reported that Smith and the Ravens had reached an agreement on a four-year, thirty-five million dollar deal with a maximum value of fifty. But he never signed, and then returned to the free agent market. So that's kind of what happened there. Interesting stuff, but the Ravens lose out on a talented and a guy that just fits that defensive system they love to run to a T and they did make one other really good signing, a five-year deal to a good safety Marcus Williams. And why is this a big deal? Well, it's a big deal for a lot of reasons, five years, $70 million. And this is, you know, this is a deal that is, uh, you can see what, how Fowler notes it right here, big market shifting deal in the AFC North, particularly, uh, particularly, at that position. And so when you look at Justin Simmons's contract extension, Jamal Adams, you look at this one, I mean, this is, this is all stuff. If you're looking at the Jesse Bates stuff, um, this is something to keep in mind. And then you see here, he has the highest grade PFF grade among safeties, 90.6. And he was the number eight free agent overall number one free agent at his position Uh, in terms of PFF grades. So very good signing there, and that's going to potentially cause some problems. Obviously, they saw what what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and company did to them twice last year, and they were not going to let that happen again. So they get Marcus Williams in a big deal. All right, a couple more, and we will get on out of here. Matt Ryan going to the Colts. This is on Cincy Jungle and all over the NFL. He has been dealt, and man, the Falcons are eating a lot of dead money on this one. Um, So they just wanted to get out of the deal. Um, There were times last year that I saw in the limited games I watched the Falcons. There were times that Matt Ryan looked like his arm wasn't quite the same. He was always kind of a pretty strong-armed guy, just didn't look quite the same here, but... You can see here the Falcons are in agreement on a trade. QB Matt Ryan to the Colts from Ian Rappaport, and it's for a 22 third round pick. Um, Here we go right here. Here's the dead cap. uh, Dead cap number. 40.5 million dead cap charge by trading away Matt Ryan. That's the largest dead cap charge in history. (sighs) And after losing, after pursuing and losing Deshaun Watson – and now you take on this dead cap space, uh, you know. Whew, and then they 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 go and quickly sign Marcus Mariota. Uh, kind of a mess down in Atlanta, and that is a team that the Bengals play this year. So uh, they play the NFC South. So that is something to to keep in mind. Yeah, the <laughs> dead cap number is a big yikes. Yeah cringe wizard. That is a gigantic yikes. All right, let's end on a good note. Power rankings, and you know, you love them and you hate them, but this one came out here, and this is from Dan Hansis, coming out today, this morning, depending on where you are uh, in the time zones, and we'll go down here. Hopefully, that video does not Play on me like they tend to do sometimes. Buffalo, number one. And that is with obviously the Von Miller edition. And they are doing some work. And I think they felt that they were obviously very close last year, did not make it all the way. So they are leading the pack according to Hansus. LA Rams dropping a spot to number two. They still have some questions out there. Obviously, they, uh, Andrew Whitworth retires. Um, They, let uh, Johnny Hecker go. Robert Woods was was traded, uh, so they kept Joe Noteboom, and then they are they did sign Allen Robinson. But you know you've got what's going on with OBJ and other questions. You've got Kansas City dropping a spot because of the jump from Buffalo at number three, and then you've got our Cincinnati Bengals at number four here on Kansas's list, number four of thirty-two. Sometimes it's not that complicated as what he writes entering the offseason. Everyone knew the Bengals needed to pour considerable resources into rebuilding an offensive line, an offensive offensive line. (laughs) And you know what? That's exactly what Duke Tobin did. Cincinnati used its cap flexibility. Remember, Joe Burrow is still on his rookie deal for at least one more season to sign three proven veterans. We talked about that. Cap, Bacaris, and Collins. Um, And, uh, yeah. And then you talked about one of the last images was Burrow getting hurt Hurting his knee in the Super Bowl after a loss, so the Bengals are strengthening up their biggest weakness on the team. Did a good job of that. Uh, they've kept a lot of guys, and you know, there's probably going to be a couple of other deals coming here. Obviously, you know, you're probably looking at the the rental deals and or. You know something something a little more team friendly at this point after the frenzy and first couple of waves here, but here you go. Uh, Bengals number four on Dan Hansis's power rankings list. I will give you the link to check out the entire list here on this, and you can have some fun with that. We've had a lot of live viewers. I'm a little surprised, pleasantly surprised, because I made this up last minute, and I can't thank you all enough for how many live viewers we have right now. We've been having a, a Couple few hundred uh, at a time here, so across all the different platforms. And of course, you can catch this show if you are unable to join it live on our YouTube channel or the Cincy Jungle Facebook page, one of our Twitter accounts. You can catch it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio on the Cincy Jungle podcast channel, along with great other shows. But if you like our YouTube stuff, give us a subscribe. Click the bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available, and we will be hammering you with more now that my respite of a couple of days is over and uh, we're back in action. But thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for tuning in. And of course, by the way, the intro song and outro song for The Happening Headlines is from Ian Ryder, a local Ohio rock musician and his band, uh, Holy Coast. Go check them out on Bandcamp. Go support a local musician. They do some great work. And hey, we'll see you tomorrow, John Sheeran and myself with the Deep Dive Show. We'll talk about all kinds of different things with free agency. See what's happening next and bring you all kinds of other information, prospect profiles, free agency profiles. We've got a lot more coming at you. Thanks, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you tomorrow. And we've got listener questions coming Friday too. So we'll see you for that. Take care.